Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. Regular Drews. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to a Nancy Drew Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is episode 48, part two of a Nancy Drew Christmas. I hope y'all enjoyed the first part, and I hope y'all will enjoy the second part. Um, do we want to like recap? Sure, yeah. Okay. So basically, Nancy goes on a ski vacation. Um, like the very first day she gets injured. <laughs> Um, and a bunch of mysterious things are happening, sabotage. Um, that's probably why she was injured. Um, there was like a hot pepper incident at dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. There's like weird oil pipeline controversy happening. Um, politicians. Rooms getting broken into. Yeah, rooms get are getting broken into. Um, I was going to say politicians with, um, what's just the word for having conflicts of interest? That's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The Hardy Boys, Frank has been arrested oh, and, yes. and carted away, and we've teamed up with Joe Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, um, a journalist who potentially could be responsible for accidents in order to drum up or make, a, make an interesting article for herself. I'm trying to hit our suspects, you know. Um, Chef K has been acting super suspicious. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, maybe she's sabotaging her own restaurant for some reason. Um, Trying to think who else is a um, suspect. Oh, of course, uh, Grant or and or Archie potentially could be suspects. The lodge's Mm -hmm. owners. Um, Grant is the politician. Archie is, I guess, just a rich dude. Investor or whatever, um, yeah. And then right uh, as we left Bosley. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Brontosaurus Bosley um, <laughs> his came to the restaurant right before it was sabotaged and told everyone that they'd be sorry um, mm-hmm. for kicking him out. Um, yeah. Nancy's on bed rest currently, and I mean, kind of <laughs> always disobeying doctor's orders. <laughs> so I'm wheeling herself around in a wheelchair. Um, and right when we left off, um, she was just, you know, doing some binocular snooping in her room, a la rear window, as she has been doing. Um, and she <laughs> saw Chef K sneaking around outside holding a knife. And that's where we left off. Do we want to do three words or three small phrases for like the end of it? I think, yeah, I was about to ask you the same question. I think okay. we, last time we decided we would save yeah. some of our words for this time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Chainsaws? Can that be one of them? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Chainsaws. Uh, or just, you know, deadly weapons, maybe. Like, yeah. like blades, particularly. Uh. No, well, there's also guns, so just deadly yeah. weapons. Deadly weapons, just everywhere. Just every page, deadly weapon. Um, secret passageways. Oh God, yes, yeah. Deadly okay. weapons, secret passageways, 
And I want, you know, I want to say like gold treasure, but it's actually not like because right. it's like never really talked about until like except for like once and then like again at the end. Mm-hmm. So not that the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> Massive letdown. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe just like. Who the F? Can it be that? Yeah. <laughs> because the amount of times we're like, it's this person. No, it's this person. No, it's that person. Uh, is Everyone's like in on it together. <laughs> intense. So like deadly weapons. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Corey? Oh, secret passageways. Secret passageways. And then, you know, who the F is the culprit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are the three words. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Okay, Corey, do you want to start us off where we left off? Yes, I can do that. All right. So again, Nancy is she's just seen Chef K sneak off and she waits for her to um come back, but she she never does. So Nancy just falls asleep and the next morning she calls Liz and Brady. Um from Liz's knowledge from all of her skiing friends, she is able to jerry rig some cross-country skis from like for Nancy's chair so that they can go out in the snow to investigate where Chef K went. They decide to um, follow the tracks of where she was coming from, and they realize that it's just like her mini greenhouse that she had set up. We just see like the cold frames and the garden beds where she had set up her area for her produce for the kitchen. Um, And now she's like, oh, duh, that knife that she had was just a pruning knife. She was just coming out here to like check on her vegetables or whatever. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And they're like, all right, well, let's follow the tracks back to the other direction to see where she was headed. And they find just like a dead end, like the tracks just like lead up to a wall, just a dead end into the side of the building. She was taken. Uh, I know. (laughs) Raptured. Oh, gosh. That's where this book is going. It really is a Nancy Drew Christmas. (laughs) It's left behind Nancy Drew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no they they do start making jokes though about her being a ghost and having disappeared yeah. through the wall and suddenly a trap like a bear trap um spring shut on liz's ski pole um they realize it's this like old-fashioned trap that someone had actually filed the teeth down on um so <sighs> it it doesn't like it wouldn't have seriously hurt someone but it, it could still st- like it broke liz's ski pole in half so it yeah. could definitely still cause some major damage even if it doesn't entirely, you know, take off your leg still. So it would, like, break your ankle, but it just, like, wouldn't take your foot off. Right. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. It's horrifying. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, terrifying that <laughs> someone has left this there for us. And her um, Chef case tracks go just to the right of where that trap was. So did she just happen to avoid it just by chance? Or did she know that it was there? Or did she leave it there? Right. Who knows? And as they're, you know, standing there thinking about what is going on with this bear trap, they hear this creaky moan behind them. And a huge hidden door in the wall cracks open. Oh, my God. (gasps) Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is, I mean, honestly, just like peak Nancy Drew. Mm -hmm. Hidden door. Hidden door. Is this the first hidden door we encountered in this book? I'm remembering Gray Fox then. So I think it is. In this book, yeah. 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 But it's not the last. Okay. No, it's so, not. So, <laughs> um, as the door opens, there stands Chef K. 
again, holding a knife, which I guess is just like her natural state. Like yeah. you said earlier, <laughs> she's just always chef hat and knife in and up. Um, at first, like she seems kind of like angry that they're standing there. And like, she thinks Nancy even has a moment of like, oh my gosh, she's going to like attack us with this <laughs> knife. Um, but then Chef K sees the trap on the ground that has been sprung and just like all of the color like drains from her face. So she clearly didn't know about this trap. And she now realizes that someone must have set this trap for her. Um, and she's super shaken up about it. So they all go inside. Um, Chef K has them come inside so they can talk about this. It turns out to be a pantry that this door leads to. Um, and the exterior wall is like clearly as old as the lodge. So it's like original. Um, but the interior of this space, of this pantry has been renovated except for like that wall that also has like some shelves on it, like original shelves. And it only opens from the inside. Um, Chef K says that she thought she was the only one who knew about the entrance. So because it only opens from the inside, she leaves it open a hair when she uses it. Clearly, someone knows that she's been using it because they left that trap there. She also says that this is the secret room that they'd found under the lodge when they were doing the renovating or whatever. They turned it into a pantry. Um, and Chef K found the secret entrance when she was fixing a loose shelf. She says she never uses it during work hours, so none of her staff should know about it, but she doesn't let anyone else but her kitchen staff down here. So either it is an inside job, like someone from her kitchen that she's just that has found out about it somehow, um, or someone has been watching her for a while in order mm. to know that she has been using this. Um, so Chef K basically just, you know, is really grateful to Nancy for her help and like assurances that Nancy is going to find out who is responsible for this. And then Chef K even sends them off with like snacks, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, so Chef K's kind of done a bit of an about face uh, uh, because I guess she was so freaked out by this bear trap situation. Mm -hmm. Nancy's like eating sauerkraut out of a jar. It's very weird. Um, <laughs> that's it's so delicious. You can't not eat it just by itself out of a jar. Why would Nancy... Uh, yeah, I don't know that it could be me, couldn't be me, but uh, maybe it's very good. I don't, I'm sure it is. Um, sure. But maybe a bit of an acquired taste. So, well. um, so after all that, it is then time for the results of the hackathon <laughs> between George and Frank. Um, so they all join a Google Hangouts name drop, by the way, yeah. um, to discuss it. I thought that was interesting. They certainly don't shy away from using like technology names yeah. in, in these books now. And I get that we're like now in 2018 or whatever, but it still just seems like you wouldn't just say Google Hangouts. You would say like a video chat. Right. Or I mean, I'm like, why Google Hangouts and not like Zoom? You I don't know, know that. Well, what yeah, maybe was Zoom was 2015. 2018, I think. Oh, oh, oh. well then, yeah. Hmm. So I guess Zoom wasn't as popular back then, but still. Probably pre-pandemic it wasn't, but yeah. But like, I would, you know, I think you'd say video chat, but whatever. Okay. Interesting. I mean, we were only a year and a half out from, I mean, mm -hmm. if this is Christmas 2018, then we're less than a mm -hmm. year and a half out from the pandemic. So I feel like yeah. Zoom was still a thing that, you know, yeah. that far soon before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But just interesting. <laughs> they also mention Instagram occasionally, and they have mentioned Twitter before. And so it's just, yeah. 
I doubt they're getting a, a payout for mentioning it. Right. <laughs> like... Right. <laughs> no. Um, so George tells us what she found, and that is that both Dino Bosley, uh, Dinosaur Bosley, and Sheriff Pruitt stand to make money from the pipeline and were on the high school football team together. Um, Brontosaurus is also a troublemaker that has been arrested at least 20 times for reckless driving <laughs> or from reckless driving to assault to disorderly conduct. But apparently the sheriff keeps letting him off. So seems like either they're really good buddies um, or they could even be working together um, for something, you know, related to this sabotage situation. Or, you know, it could just be, you know, Brontosaurus, but the sheriff <laughs> could be covering for him. So it seems like Dino has extra reason to be pissed about the restaurant, too, um, because he actually had plans to revamp the restaurant uh, right before Archie and Grant swooped in, bought it, and then, you know, made their own fancy restaurant. So um, it's possible that that's his motive. Um, then Frank tells us what he found. He says he um, have, oh, mm, he says that they found more dirt on Grant. Um, Harold Crane, who is a businessman with ties to Larry Thorwald. How did we talk about Larry Thorwald before? We, I think mm. we must have. He's the one with the two hired bodyguards that right. we saw yeah. at the beginning. Um, right. So Harry Crane made a big contribution to Grant's reelection campaign right before they closed on the deal to the lodge. This doesn't prove anything, but Crane is like knee deep in the oil lobby, which is also why he has ties to Larry Thorwald, um, which would make him like just a weird contributor to like a pro environment politicians campaign. Right. Right. Um, also, they found that Archie and Grant's real estate firm bought a big chunk of stock at a manufacturing company for solar panels, which seems like that makes sense. Right. But it turns out that this manufacturer of solar panels also is the only manufacturer for rivets to the company building the pipeline. So it's really possible that they are basically like covering their tracks with this whole thing. Right. So it's like right. either way they stand to win out. Um, none of this really explains everything, though, like. For example, if, you know, they were behind this sabotage for some reason to try to help this pipeline go through, why was Grant's room broken into? Or are all of these places broken into? And by whom? Then Frank, like, agrees that George won the hackathon because they're trying to make Frank and George a thing and Frank and George are not nah. a thing, but they're trying to make it a thing. And he's like, you know, all Twitter-pated over George's hacking skills or whatever. And, oh, my God, I can't believe a girl. Ugh. Could be so good at this. I just Ugh. love her so much. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then Joe says he's going to keep following Thorwald, but will be careful of his his goons that they learned that their names were Tiny Tony and Tiny Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that apparently his goons are known for beating up protesters who get too close to their boss, so he has to keep his distance a bit. He doesn't get assaulted, I guess. This is just, at this point, I feel like we really go off the rails. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things just really keep going downhill at this point. <laughs> things got a little kooky. A little kooky. But, a little bit. Yeah. You know. 
So Nancy is just kind of racked with anxiety over learning that Archie's business interests might have more conflicts of interest than she initially thought. Um, she's she's decided she's got to go ask him, but she's not really, you know, she's really nervous about like accusing him. Um, but so she goes and she tries to word it delicately. Um, but he actually seems genuinely shocked to learn that the company also the solar panel company also supplies the rivets for the pipeline. Um, and he's like right away. He's like, oh, I will call Grant right now. We'll divest the stock. We will, you know, obviously we'll stop supporting that company. This is absolutely just an oversight. Um, thank you so much for finding out about this for us. And now we know that we can do better. Um, and Nancy's like, well, that's Oh, okay. Great. Um, all right. More simple than I thought this was going to be. Um, you know, are you sure though, that, that Grant isn't like hedging his bets on this pipeline situation of that, you know, he's going to try to win either way. Um, and Archie's like, no, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, we'll just fix this little issue and it'll be over with. Right. Um, he does tell Nancy though, that the lodge is pretty deep in the hole money wise from the cost of the renovations. And if the lodge doesn't do well with the reopening, they may have to sell that land that the pipeline is going on to try to recoup their costs. So maybe the, this deal is a little bit more enticing to Archie than he is letting on to Nancy. Could this possibly be why someone is sabotaging the lodge so that they're forced to sell? Who knows? Um, and if the oil company knew um, just how precarious the lodge's financial situation was, you know, maybe they would be able to just wait them out rather than having to resort to sabotage. It would just be a matter of time before they had to take that deal to cover their debt anyway. Um, Archie also knows that if they did take the oil deal, they could do a lot of good with the money that they would get from it, that they could put that money back into the community. But he didn't want to be tempted to do that. And that's why he did that surprise announcement at the opening speech that he gave where even Grant was caught off guard by it. Um, but, you know, he didn't want this to be up to him or anyone else um, to force them to, like, find another way to to do this. Ooh, all righty. So this okay. obviously creates a very bad situation for Grant politically. Not only would he be seen as, you know, him rejecting this pipeline deal, it would also be seen as taking a, uh, an aggressive stance against anti-development, um, which, you know, this Not is against a small town. anti-development. Pro. Like, he would be anti-development. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Yeah. So he would be taking an aggressive stance of anti-development in a town that really relies on its tourism dollars dollars um so that probably would not sit very well with the people in town mm -hmm. nancy does then bring up the donation um from harry crane the lobbyist um you know accepting a donation from him while also buying stock for the the company that makes pipeline tri trivets rivets trivets wow <laughs> rivets mm -hmm. whatever <laughs> the pipeline rivets whatever they're called yeah um, <laughs> We're going to serve dinner on the pipeline. We got to make trivets for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, so <laughs> Nancy says basically these things put together, it kind of adds up to, hey, kind of seems like, you know, you got insider info on the pipeline plans and you're going to use that to profit off of the situation. Mm. Looking more and more sketchy here. Um, so Grant is currently out doing his politics, but Archie has decided he's going to get to the bottom of this. Nancy tells him, you know, let me talk to Grant as well, see what his side of this is. And Archie's like, absolutely not. Basically tells her to stop investigating entirely. And he leaves. Archie's so, sus AF. Yeah, this is. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is acting a little, little much here. Uh, but the next morning, Nancy gets up early to watch Liz and Brady because um, they're going to like film their skiing in the live stream so the kids can watch and they start teaching the kids to ski or whatever. Um, it's before anyone else is up, though, and Nancy notices that there's another skier already starting down another trail from where Liz and Brady are. Like, there's not supposed to be anybody else out there right now. It's just Liz, Brady filming her, and then the rest of the slopes are supposed to be empty. Um, but from her, her, um, you know, her viewing situation with the binoculars, she's able to see that someone is out there where they're not supposed to be. Well, not necessarily supposed to be out there. It's it's really early, um, but she sees through her binoculars that something is wrong with the trail that this person is, is starting down. Um, all the markers have been moved from where, you know, the, the normal trail is supposed to be. And it's now created this path that the, it would like set the skier off to like ski straight off the side of the mountain, basically. Oh so Nancy's like, just basically sitting there helpless, like watching this watching. about to go down. Yeah. Watching uh-huh. someone about to basically die. Right. Um, so yeah so she radios pretty much everybody for help that she can including the ski patrol and liz and brady very luckily liz is able to race over and basically like crash into the skier stopping them like just feet from the ledge um Mm -hmm. basically just saving their life um at first the skier is very angry um, but after liz points out the cliff uh, the skier removes their helmet, and then we see that it's Chef K. Mm. Um, and of course, after she realizes that she would have just died, she's very thankful to Liz. She hugs her, you know, thanks her for saving her life. So, okay. <laughs> now we can assume that this isn't an accident, right? Um, Nancy also now realizes that when she had her own accident on the ski slopes, she was supposed she was taking the place of Chef K. So Chef K was supposed to be the one who was skiing where Nancy was skiing when she had her accident. Okay, so this is like the second skiing trap set specifically for Chef K. Okay, so unfortunately, uh, Brady managed to live stream this whole near accident. (laughs) Um, And so all of the guests find out about it. Um, Archie also had to like close the slopes for like the entire morning to like, of course, check all the other routes to make sure that everything was safe. And also a big snowstorm is headed to the area. So people are like rushing to get checked out and get flights or whatever to get out of here, you know, because of all of this stuff going on. They just, they're like, this is a bad job. Let's just, let's just leave. <laughs> um, yeah, so this has been, you know, a massive disaster for the lodge. They're going to lose a lot of money from all of, all of this issue, all these issues. Um, after this, Nancy checks in with Chef K and learns basically what happened. So Chef K always takes a sunrise ski down a trail to like clear her head for the day. It's like a standing thing that she does. She does it every morning. Um, but she always checks in with ski patrol. Um, before she goes because ski patrol will tell her which route that she's cleared to take um so it's like okay so ski patrol is the only one who knew which route you were going to be on so nancy decides that she's going to go track down marnie um who's on ski patrol she's the one who helped nancy after she had her accident um and ask and see if she knows everyone who knew which who on the ski patrol knew which trail chef kate would be on 
Um, but first, she decides to stop by the security office because the trails are all live streamed. They have live streams so that like skiers can like check the conditions of the slopes before they get on them. Um, so she's like, hmm, maybe we can potentially see who was on that trail earlier if they save any of their recordings. And what do you know they do? Mm-hmm. So they're able to like see the archive footage kind of rerun- rewind to before sunrise where they see a skier with a white coated ski patrol jacket and a long braid sabotaging the trail. It is unmistakably Marnie herself. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> Here we go. Here we go. I know. So this is enough for Archie to call the police and have Marnie arrested. Um, She's being driven away in handcuffs, shouting about, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Um, And Nancy expresses to Archie that, hey, I really wish you would have let me talk to Marnie before you called the police and had them drag her away. Now I don't even get to know what her side of the story is. Um, And Archie is very adamant, again, that absolutely not. You should not be investigating this anymore. It's too dangerous now. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Nancy thinks, though, that even though this evidence was pretty strong, we don't actually see Marnie's face in the video. And if you think about it, what could Marnie's possible motive be? Like, you know, we know all the, um, the like, drama with Chef K and how a lot of people who work with her don't like her. But Marnie doesn't work for Chef K. She's on a completely different team. Um, she's actually the only one who even really seemed to like Chef K. So it just it doesn't add up at all. Um, so Nancy decides to go talk to Todd, the guy who was fired after Nancy's accident and, you know, just ask him about things. And he says that he's really bummed to hear about Marnie, um, but he's not surprised because he was sure that someone had intentionally caused Nancy's accident as well. And he's like, oh, um, you know, I, uh, oh, cause he said he, he checked Nancy's, um, Nancy's slope where she was supposed to be skiing, but someone had poured water on it to create ice intentionally afterwards. So he's like, eh makes sense that it, it could have been Marnie doing both of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, later, Nancy decides that she wants to go on a horse-drawn sleigh ride. <laughs> Nancy, you're supposed to be on bed rest. Yeah. Also, we this, don't have time for that. Is wild. We have to solve this mystery <laughs> by going on a horse-drawn sleigh ride. This is a wild scene. This is so wild. <laughs> So she asks someone to take her on this sleigh ride, and they're like, yeah, we'll have someone come get you in a minute. And who pulls up but our friend Jackie, our friend with the jingle bell boot. Jackie! She <laughs> is going to lead us on our sleigh ride, and she gets Nancy all settled into the back of the sleigh and, you know, puts the blanket over and props her foot up so that she's all good for it. So she's so at least... I think the way that this setup actually is, I don't think that there's like a front and a back to the sleigh. I think they're like both in the driver's seat. Oh, okay. So they're just yeah. sitting next to each other. And or okay, there may only gotcha. be like one seat. I think there's just sure. one seat. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so Nancy's all cozied into the sleigh and they head off together. Um, they're going to go look at more of the ski accident location and Jackie's like, well, no. Um, so they're out and they hear snowmobile engines like kind of in the distance and it's you know, it's getting a little concerning because they're getting louder and louder. And Jackie comments that she thinks that it's probably just dinosaur brontosaurus man and his <laughs> jerk friends out snowmobiling because um, the lodges snowmobiles are electric and very quiet. But dino- 
Dino Dino, whoever, yeah, just call whoever this adult Spoiler. man is. <laughs> Acting like he's, you know, 14, running around yeah. with his friends on his his noisy. Well, the point is, the Lodge of Snowmobiles that they have are really quiet. These guys are being re- really loud, and they seem to think it's funny to be disruptive like this near the Lodge all the time. So we conclude that it's probably them out there. Um, we'll also say that it's very, very misty out because they're near the hot springs that Nancy had pointed out earlier. So it's like, there's not a lot of visibility. So we don't know. We can't see them for sure, but we just assume that it's them. Um, Jackie actually stops the carriage because she wants to go get a peek ahead. Um, she doesn't want to like the horse gets spooked easily by these snowmobiles. So she doesn't want to go just up ahead if, if that's where they are. And then the the horse is going to get spooked or whatever. So she gets out leaves Nancy alone in the sleigh with the reins and disappears into the mist. <laughs> this is very spooky. This is a spooky mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, even Nancy's unsettled by this, obviously, because she can't move. She can't go anywhere. <laughs> She's just in this sleigh with the reins. Um, she doesn't really have the know-how to drive this sleigh if she needed to, and it's also just really quiet, like super quiet. Again, we can't really see much out in front of us, so it's just this like white foggy area that we're just alone in and she can no longer hear jackie with her jingle bells and the the boot that she's walking on because that's kind of noisy as well and she can no longer hear the snowmobiles either so it's just really really creepy out here and suddenly something rams the sleigh super super hard like a rock or something has just like bounced off the side of us and like hit us and it's obviously very loud um and it's yeah it's just very creepy but we have this tense moment and jackie returns but without her jingle bells this time nancy kind of gets startled actually because she hears um someone coming and it's like oh that can't be jackie because no jingle bells but then it is just jackie it's fine um and nancy is she's still upset that someone seems to have thrown this rock near her or near the horse possibly to try to get the horse to run or something um, so Jackie walks up and tries to like calm the horse down. And then we hear a snowmobile motor roaring to life behind us, <laughs> starts bearing down on them and a gunshot rings out. Ah! Clyde, our horse freaks out, obviously rears back, knocks Jackie to the ground and takes off. Nancy's still in the seat of the sleigh, taking her and the whole sleigh down the rail, down the trail with the snowmobile, like right on their trails on their on their heels oh my god a snowmobile a snowmobiler with a gun with a gun also chasing them mere feet behind us while this horse is out of control we've just been shot at Uh uh-huh tearing us down the ski slopes ah so they have this terrifying chase scene nancy is like barely able to hold on to the reins and like keep herself in the sleigh and her and her cast is like bouncing around, so she's like in pain because, of course, she's also supposed to be on bed rest. Let's not forget. Um, she she even thinks in her head like, "Oh, the doctor's gonna be super pissed that I hurt myself again." <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, Clyde like runs them down some path that like Nancy can barely even like see because they're moving so fast. Um, she does like quickly see that there's some kind of warning sign posted as they go down this trail but she can't see what it says um and then she realizes that the second snowmobile that they heard is now coming toward them from ahead so there's a snowmobile chasing them and a snowmobile coming directly towards them Mm -mm -mm. don't like that 
Nope. She sees that the riders are both wearing all white, but it's, you know, they're all bundled up. She can't tell anything else about them. Then the snowmobile in front of her pulls out another gun and takes a shot at her. It doesn't seem to hit them, but suddenly this large, like, rumbling starts. Oh, Nancy realized, oh, I bet that warning sign probably said danger avalanche yeah um so the gunshot that they just shot off just triggered an avalanche and the snow starts sliding and things are going sideways luckily clyde the horse is a very smart horse um and takes off trying to get them clear of like this sliding snow um snowmobiles of course get away super easily (laughs) Um, because they're snowmobiles and they're gas powered, but Nancy only has the horsepower of one. So they are like just racing to try to get away. They, of course, very narrowly missed being covered by snow. So they're clear of the avalanche. But Clyde, because of course he's so freaked out, doesn't know where he is. He's just trying to run, runs him straight onto a frozen lake. Which can't take the weight, the massive weight of the horse and the sleigh. And the frozen lake cracks. Um, (laughs) So basically, Nancy is like sitting in this sleigh that is filling up with water. Clyde, you know, still tries to run them out of the lake. Thank you, Clyde. But Nancy still gets pretty wet. And Clyde runs them straight towards a bench. Um, Clyde jumps over it because Clyde's a horse and Clyde can do that. But of course, the sleigh (laughs) has no jumping power. And so crashes directly into that bench, knocks, you know, over onto its side, dumping Nancy into the snow. Um, Yeah. And from her position on the ground, Nancy can now see that actually what hit the sleigh earlier wasn't a rock, but a crossbow bolt with a note Uh. attached to it that says back off or else. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> so we had guns, crossbow bolts, avalanches, runaway sleighs in that past scene. I mean, holy crap. Yeah. Woo. And the chainsaws are yet to... The chainsaws to... are still mm-hmm. coming. <laughs> yeah. So Nancy has to be rescued by the ski patrol yet again. Um, Joe shows up as well to check on us, and he's actually kind of jealous of Nancy's adventure. Um, we do learn that Jackie is okay. She just got a pretty nasty gash on her head from the fall that she took. Um, mostly she's just worried about Nancy and Clyde. Clyde is also fine as well. Don't worry. He is just a little bit, you know, rattled. That was a, a freaky situation for him. We do learn that the avalanche that the snowmobilers caused triggered a second avalanche, actually blocking the road to the lodge. So um, we also have this blizzard coming as well, meaning it probably is not going to get cleared until after Christmas Eve. So if you haven't left already, you are now stuck for Christmas at the the Grand Sky Christmas Lodge. Ski Lodge? Is it just the Grand Sky Lodge? I think so. It's not Christmas Lodge. It's definitely not Christmas Lodge. No, it's not. (laughs) I was thinking about the Grand Sky Christmas Elf. Christmas Elf, yeah. (laughs) Blended the two in my mind. Grand Sky Ski Lodge. I think ski's in the name. It doesn't matter. Mm. So 
we're stuck here. Um, everyone is very concerned about Nancy, though, including our doctor, who is extremely, extremely mad at us now, of course. Um, Nancy hasn't, ha- he x-rays her. We haven't had any further breaks in our leg, but this has definitely set our healing back quite a bit. And he refuses to take the cast off until the swelling goes down. Archie again comes over and tells Nancy that she has to stop investigating. He doesn't want her in any more danger. And she's like, well, yeah, anyway, did you talk to Grant about all those things? (laughs) (laughs) All those things. And he says, yes, Um, the campaign manager for Grant's campaign is actually the one who took out the stock and made the crooked donation to the lobbyist. So um, Grant swears up and down that he didn't know. And he's actually looking for a new campaign manager. So. All's good there. Don't worry, Nancy. You're (laughs) off the case still, though. Um, But then Nancy runs into Brady and Liz and the kids, and they tell Nancy that if she ever needs any help not investigating to let them know because they can, um, you know, spend some time with her. They actually start telling her that they found some of Jackie's leftover jingle bells in the reading room, um, and they're wearing them just for, I guess, some festive fun. But this makes Nancy kind of something clicks in her brain and she's like, hey. I just thought of something. So she and Joe head over to the reading room where they'd found Jackie's jingle balls. And Nancy has a theory that there is a secret passage in this room. Oh, okay. So is this secret passage number two now? Yes. Okay. The shelves there are the same kind that are built into that original wall in the pantry. Plus, Nancy remembers when they were in there the other day, there was like a strange draft in the room. And so she's like, ha, we know now there's a secret passage behind this uh, library shelf. So um, with some leverage from the ladder that's on the shelves, Joe is able to yank the shelves out and a secret door does open. Um, Nancy in the wheelchair. She's very sad that she is not able to go in there to explore. Um, But we send Mm -hmm. Joe in and a few moments later, um, he returns holding a, like a clip in braid, like a hair extension thing that looks just like Marnie's braid that she has. So, Mm. hmm. Is someone disguising themselves to look like members of the ski patrol? Very interesting. Well, just Marnie, probably. Just Marnie specifically. Just but they Marnie probably, specifically. I'm sure that the the jacket, the mm, ski patrol jacket sure. as well, probably was part of the... Anyway, yeah. yes. But looking like yeah. Marnie. Yeah. So, yeah. Joe also tells us about this secret tunnel, um, that it was seriously booby-trapped. There are, like, trip wires, and he also found an animal trap like they had found in the snow outside. Except that this animal trap has teeth. Um, yikes. Um, so they decided to go back to Nancy's room to talk about this, because they're like, the person using this uh, secret passage can just come up here anytime, so let's skedaddle. Um, and they determined... <laughs> That after this snowmobile incident, that there are at least two people working together on this sabotage. And at least one of them is like medium build because that's the only way they could have impersonated Marnie on the trail cam. Other than that, they know nothing. They have no information. Mm -hmm. Deadly squat. And (laughs) now they're trapped at this lodge because of like the storm and the blocked road with you know, any number of bad guys with guns, by the way, ready to send people off the sides of mountains, um, you know, with just absolutely no idea who they are. Yep. Excellent. So what they decide to do <laughs> is they decide to plan a little trap um, to try to figure out who these people are. So they're going to stick like a note 
on the inside of the secret passageway that they found saying, I know what you did, who you are, blah, blah, blah. And basically blackmail them for like gold nuggets and being like, if you don't give us this many gold nuggets, we're going to tell everybody who you are and what you're up to. Genius. <laughs> so, so wise, so smart. Um, and in that note, they're also going to direct them to that hedge maze that Nancy can see out her window. This is just a horrible plan. <laughs> um, and in the hedge mage, the hedge, hedge maze, um, Joe is going to be hiding <laughs> to try to identify whoever it is that comes into it. This plan is amazing because best case scenario, they end up with a bunch of gold that they don't know where it came from. Yeah. And worst case scenario, they get murdered. <laughs> so. Um, oh, this. Okay. This is insanity. This. This. We, okay. So Nancy does tell Joe that when he is hiding in the hench maze and whoever comes to not confront these bad guys um, you know, just hide and leave in a different way once you know who it is. Because otherwise, remember, they have guns, so they actually, yeah, might murder you. Um, Nancy also decides to rig a trap above her doorway with habanero powder um, to, like, dump on whoever comes in in case anybody tries to, like, enter her room when she's in there alone. Because also, oh, yeah, Nancy is basically a sitting duck in her room all the time because she is unable to like get away quickly um good grief so joe sets everything up and then he gets in place in the maze and then the snowstorm starts yep that's right it starts you know a holy blizzard starts coming down um it's so hard and fast that nancy basically can't even really see the hedge maze um and then thunder snow um it starts, you know, thundering outside in the snow. So Nancy is like, okay, this is too dangerous. We can't do this. She is like, you know, just about to radio Joe and tell him, hey, you know, let's call it off. Come out. Um, and then the power to the lodge goes out. Everything goes dark um, except for some emergency lights. And the hedge maze now is in just completely black. Nancy cannot see anything inside of it. So she, you know... Oh, but then, that's right, <laughs> Nancy sees two headlights, um, and she realizes, because of the way that they're moving, it's the snowmobiles from earlier. They stop, the headlights turn off, everything goes black again, but then a flash of lightning illuminates their silhouettes, and Nancy sees two hulking figures carrying chainsaws. Nope, no thank you. Bye. Oh, no. <laughs> this is some horror movie shit. Okay. Uh -huh. um, she realizes that what they're trying to do is they're just going to cut straight through the hedge maze. They're just going to cut through it to find whoever might be in there. So Nancy, Nancy at this point is like, uh, Joe, over. Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> um, but her radio is now not working. Something wrong with the frequency. It's just static. Whatever. We don't know. So she tries to call a cell phone, but she doesn't have cell service because of the storm. So she opens her window and screams at Joe through the blizzard to run. Um, but then suddenly a snarling voice from behind her tells her to shut up and sit back down. 
and she realizes that there is a person in a ski mask standing behind her. Mm. It looks like they must have come out of a hidden door in her breakfast nook, which she realizes, I didn't think to look in my own room for a secret passage. So, so much for her, yeah, her door booby trap. That's just absolutely ineffectual now. Um, And the person uh, standing there in the ski mask is also holding an axe. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. Great, 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 great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So our intruder slams their axe down into the table and barks at Nancy again to sit down and shut up. And Nancy's like, okay, okay, fine. I will sit down. <laughs> but just so you know, I'm only sitting down because my ankle hurts and not because you told me I have to. Oh, my God. Nancy. Nancy. So Nancy... <laughs> Nancy's like, okay, who is this voice? Like they're t- they're speaking a little bit differently than they normally do, so it's ha- it's you know it's taking me a little bit of time to place their voice, but I know this voice. Like, who is this? Who is this person? Um, and she finally realizes that it is Jackie. Thank God, Nancy's so such Jackie's, an idiot. I know, I know. <laughs> the jingle bells were in the library, reading room, or whatever. Like you, yeah, you know that. And yeah. you're just like, I wonder who could have been in here. Ah. Yeah. So Jackie takes a ski mask off once Nancy guesses who, that it's her. And she congratulates Nancy on her performance. Um, oh, sorry. Nancy congratulates Jackie. her on her performance. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie <laughs> yeah. takes a ski ma- mask off and Nancy's like, congratulations on your great performance, Jackie. Um, her foot, of course, isn't actually broken, but it was a great cover to wear the the broken foot boot because it's um you know no one su- would suspect the woman with the boot and the jingle bells hanging off of it to be the one sneaking around in people's rooms because she just can't be as stealthy um but jackie tells us that the gold is actually real and she found pieces of it by following part of an old map that she found what and she believes that she is this close to finding the jackpot of all the gold nuggets. And she a- actually offers Nancy a cut of what she finds if she'll help her. And of course, Nancy is like, absolutely not. No way. Never. I'm ethical, Jackie. Yeah, I would <laughs> never do that. And Nancy realizes that at this point she has to stall her. So she starts asking her about, you know, why did you go after Chef K? And Jackie's like, well, you know, that entrance to the secret passageway that you know, I'm assuming the gold is, is down there, um, was only accessible to the kitchen. And Chef K is so territorial about her kitchen, she won't let anyone in. So I had to, um, you know, try to get her to leave. But now I basically have to force her out. Um, so it just was annoying at first. And now I'm escalating. Yeah. Is a psychopath. Oh, yeah. This is it's psychopathic behavior. I know. She's like, I know. I can't figure out a way to get into the kitchen. So I'll kill the chef. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Just maybe wait until she goes to sleep? I don't... Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Sorry. Continue. So Nancy's like, okay, sure, that makes sense. Um, how else can I sell her? Okay. Uh, uh, the pipeline. The pipeline. Um, and Jackie's like, no, no, no. I actually had nothing to do with the pipeline. I was the one breaking into people's rooms, but only in an attempt to look for more passageways. Like, I wasn't doing anything, anything to do with the pipeline. Like, that's just total red herring complete waste of time in this book don't worry we've learned all about that for nothing 
Um, and we also learned that she had nothing to do with the snowmobile incident and the sleigh thing from the other day. And she's very adamant that she would never hurt Clyde and would have never have orchestrated that herself. Okay. She won't hurt a horse, but she's perfectly fine killing people. Right. There's gold involved. Killing a horse won't get you gold, but killing people might. So worth it, right? <laughs> you know, that's not actually that makes a lot of sense, Corey, now that you say that. <laughs> uh, but Nancy is like, okay, well, wait, if you're not in on the motorcycle thing, then what are those guys doing out there? Thing. Yeah. You said motorcycle. Did I say motorcycle? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <That's> okay. So, <laughs> i don't know what's going on today sorry okay so nancy's like well wait a minute if you weren't in on the the snowmobile guy thing then who are those guys outside like about to kill joe with their <laughs> chainsaws and jackie's like uh you know i don't know i guess the um the guy that she um the guy that she'd left nancy's note for called them um so Okay, so going back a little bit, the note that Joe and Nancy had left in the secret passageway that's like, we know what you did. She realizes that Nancy actually didn't know who she was. Otherwise, she's like, you would have addressed this note to me directly rather than trying to set this trap. It was obviously a trap. So I decided to leave it for someone else um, so that they're the ones that show up in the maze. And then she's essentially framing whoever she chooses to show up. And so Nancy would think that it was them responsible for the sabotage. Only she realized later that Nancy would realize that it was her because of her jingle bells that she keeps dropping everywhere and the ones that she left in the reading room. Um, so while Joe is being chased by these guys with the chainsaws sent by whatever mystery fall guy Jackie choose, she realized she needs to come here to get Nancy out of the way as well. So this is so <laughs> convoluted. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets... It gets worse. Don't worry. She starts stalking towards Nancy with her axe that she picks up off the table again. When Doc Sherman opens the front door, only he is not here to help Nancy. Jackie turns to him and says, it's about time you showed up. Help me get her into the passageway. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so they're in on it together. Um, and Nancy, like, makes a comment about, like, how can you be a doctor? <laughs> you took a, a code, you know, of yeah. of ethics to be a doctor to, like, not cause bodily harm. And you're literally doing exactly that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Nancy. And he apologizes. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and Jackie is like, you know, quit gabbing or whatever and get Nancy and to the passageway and he says sorry sweetie this has gone too far so we find out that they are together they are a couple um and apparently planned to run away to the caribbean with their stolen gold how original <laughs> um also throughout this conversation we learn that nancy's leg isn't actually broken um like, her ankle is, but she doesn't need the full leg cast. She does not need to be in a wheelchair. They could have just gotten her a boot. Um, but instead, they basically, like, faked her femoral, or her, her femur injury, um, so that they could, like, put her in this massive cast and, and keep her out of the way so that she wouldn't be able to investigate. It's pretty, uh... Genius. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> 
takes a lot of advanced planning, but if you can make it work, obviously it's effective. <laughs> I know. Um, but then, like, apparently Doc is all, like, conflicted about all this, and he delivers this, like, long, heartfelt speech about how he realizes that they've gone too far, and he doesn't want Jackie or Nancy getting hurt in this. So Jackie's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And runs over to Nancy with the axe raised, like, about to swing at her. So Nancy grabs a cup of habanero powder left over from the trap that she just has and throws it in Jackie's face. Unfortunately, this little action causes Jackie, you know, now that she's, like, freaking out and flailing around because her face is on fire, um, to bump into Nancy, who is now standing, because she stood, because she can now, she realized, um, and knocks her out of the open window. Oh, oh my, my God. gosh. Yeah. You think it can't get any worse and then it gets worse? It's just like, just the wild, this is the wildest trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cut to Nancy is clinging to life, hanging off of the window ledge, barely hanging on. Um, Jackie comes over and is trying to physically pry Nancy's fingers one by one off of the ledge so that she loses her grip and falls. <laughs> And just then, Doc comes over with a candlestick and hits Jackie over the head. Is this a Clue reference? I think maybe it must be, right? (laughs) I just realized that's probably a Clue reference. I love it. I love it. Uh, But unfortunately, it is too late for Nancy, who falls anyway. But luckily, just into a fluffy blanket that Liz and Brady happened to be holding out. Like, they happened to be right there, happened to see Nancy, like, dangling from the fourth story window or whatever. And are like, let's grab this blanket, run over and, like, hold it out between them to catch her. And so they catch her in the blanket. (laughs) Um, And Nancy's okay, but may have actually legitimately broken her leg this time. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the irony. I know. Oh, my goodness. So suddenly everyone comes running over, I guess, because of all the commotion and the power going out. Just a bunch of people are out of their rooms, kind of gathered around, just trying to figure out what's going on. And Nancy explains that Doc Sherman and Jackie have been the ones behind the sabotage. But right now she's more concerned about Joe, who is still, you know, in that hedge maze, being chased by the guys with the chainsaws. So she starts looking around in the crowd that has gathered around her, which includes pretty much everyone, um, including Archie and Henry and Chef K. And she realizes that the only person she doesn't see is Grant. Um, She actually sees him with his binoculars out on his deck, like watching the maze. Um, Like he's kind of expecting something to go down in the maze. So the only reason he would be doing that instead of, you know, paying attention to the commotion that's going on around Nancy and all the people that are gathering around her is if he was the one that called the thugs that are in the maze with the chainsaws. Um, So he must be the guy that Jackie had swapped the note and given it to him instead. So we know now that Grant definitely has something to hide. And Nancy points to him and shouts to everyone, like, don't get him away. Don't let him get away. And at that point, he takes off, tries to make it to the parking lot. But Chef K pulls out her rolling (laughs) pin and clobbers him over the head with it. Oh, my God completely brains him this book is so violent this is it really is so much violence so then joe comes running out of the maze yelling the funniest line in the book i think (laughs) which is 
help! They have power tools! <laughs> um, Five stars, of course, Joe. followed, yeah, followed by the men chasing him with the chainsaws. Um, this time, their face mask must have come off, um, because Nancy recognizes them as Larry Thorwald's bodyguards. Um, and it's at this point that Nancy realizes that the note that Grant made with the phone number, like, on it, that Frank did the shading thing on or whatever that said T.S., that the T.S. must not have been initials for, like, one person's name, but they must have stood for, like, like two T's, like, multiple T's, like, T's, not T.S. Hmm. As in the Tinies, right? So someone had given Grant, probably Larry Thorwald, had given Grant the phone number to be able to reach the Tinies. Um, and also... And seeing the crowd gathered, and of course the guy who called them, you know, lying in the snow after being clocked with a rolling pin, um, the Tinies uh, book it, you know, <laughs> just decide to leave. Wisely, no one chases them, because remember, chainsaws and guns. So then they strap Grant to a toboggan to keep him from running away. Um, he, I guess while he's strapped to this toboggan, apologizes to Archie um and he tells him that Thorwald threatened him if he couldn't keep everything quiet um but he won't tell Archie what everything like quote unquote everything is though but Nancy of course explains to Archie that it's likely he means conspiring with Thorwald to force the pipeline through and secretly get rich basically you know lying to voters about his conflict of interest and probably leaking information about the resort's finances to the pipeline people to try to force Archie into this deal um grant apparently doesn't realize that what he's done is considered insider trading (laughs) because of the whole uh solar panel company stock situation um and that he can actually be charged with criminal conspiracy and accessory to all the violent crimes that the tinies committed um so yeah um after he figures that out and he whines a lot about how he didn't mean to do it and he wanted to stop he really did um the ski patrol take him away until the police can get there Oh, my goodness. So then Nancy agrees to be treated by Doc Sherman again, because apparently Doc Sherman apologizes and just like owns up and she's like, oh, I believe him now. It's fine. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, yeah. And so then after that, which I think she really has like broken her femur now. Um, which it's like, how can you, I just don't understand how it's like, you've seen this doctor and before he told you your femur was broken and you're like, oh, okay, bummer, whatever. But now you find out your femur's not broken. Then you potentially hurt yourself again. And now he tells you your femur is broken and you're like, okay, but he's telling the truth now. I mean, I guess everything's kind of over with, with the treasure. I guess, but like, come on. I think maybe I'd be like, can I just have a second opinion? Yeah, can we get you know? another doctor in here? I don't want this criminal <laughs> being the one to... Yeah. Oh, anyway, so Nancy, after all this, decides to go inside to enjoy some hot chocolate after a job well done. And as the clock strikes 12, she and Joe wish each other a Merry Christmas Eve. Aw. <laughs> you just want to wrap it up? Sure. Okay. So at the end, Archie surprises Nancy with first class plane tickets to join her for her friends to join her at the lodge for Christmas. Um, Bess, George, Ned, Carson, Hannah, and Fenton Hardy are all being flown out. 
Yes. Too bad this wasn't like, you know, 90% of the book. That would have been wonderful to have. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. A Hardy and Drew Christmas. Everyone's together. I would die. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, But no, the lodge is actually going to be closed for Christmas Day. So they are going to have it all to themselves. Plus Chef K, who has decided to stay to cook for everyone. My God. Um, Everyone who. (laughs) Charm fucking life. Oh my God. This is so annoying. I'm so annoyed. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Everyone um, who was involved with all this drama has now been arrested. So Jackie, Doc Sherman, Grant, the Tinies, um, they were actually uh, picked up by a state trooper when their snowmobiles ran out of gas when they were trying to get away. (laughs) So they've been arrested now, too. And it looks like Larry Thorwald is going to be arrested soon as well. Um, Sheriff Pruitt has been suspended pending an investigation into his misconduct. And Carol, our blogger, wrote a whole story about how Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys solved the case. Um, and then, like we said, Best George, and Ned arrive, and they all disgustingly pair off into mm. little couple groups. Yeah. It's supposed to be cute, but it's not cute. It's not cute. No, not cute at all. But they <laughs> they decide that they are going to go down into the kitchen to search for that gold after all. Um, sure enough, um, there is another secret passageway <laughs> down there that at first Number looks four. like... Yeah, secret passageway number four. At first, it looks like it hasn't been used in like over 100 years, but then they see footprints down there. They follow them to a massive chest, open it up, and see a flash of gold. But it's just one piece of a gold nugget and a note. Um, So we read the note, and it turns out that Mrs. Boz, the former owner, had been watching Jackie this whole time, noticed what she was trying to do, and snuck in and got the gold before Jackie could you know, locate it in the building and was able to, you know, find her family's legendary gold and strike it rich in the Grand Sky Lodge after all. And I guess now they're going to retire in the Caribbean yeah. or something. Who cares? Yeah. But yeah. So Miss Spa's got her her last little dig in, I guess. So that's that's it. I just Okay. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> This is very fun, very fun, very festive, very crazy. But I just have some questions. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so if Mrs. Boz was able to get into the kitchen and in through the secret passageway to get to the gold before Jackie could, how? Why? She not run into the same issues with Chef K and the staff as anyone else did. Why didn't Jack, why wasn't Jackie able to get down there? I just don't understand fundamentally the motive (laughs) because it is wild enough that there is actually hidden gold here that Jackie actually thinks is real. But the fact that she thinks that in order to be able to claim this, you know, hidden gold and be able to run away to the Caribbean with her lover um, is that she needs to murder Chef right. K? Also Nancy? Um, like, why can't she just, just, just do it when Chef K is sleeping? Like, she has to sleep. I just don't understand. She knows where the secret door is. So, and she knows that Chef K uses it. So if Chef K, once you see Chef K leave through the door, go in through the door and like shut it so that it shuts behind Chef K. And maybe she might be oh, like, did someone shut this? But it doesn't matter because she has to go all the way around. So <laughs> clearly that's what Mrs. Boss did. If she's the one that snuck in, she just like, waited. <laughs> just wait. Just wait five minutes. Instead, 
like, she sets up ski accidents, like a bear trap. Like, what? Crazy. Insane. Way over the top. I just, that's insane. That's insanity. And, and, and it takes us how many pages to get to that? It takes us 341 pages to do that? Like, I, there was so much. Marnie? Like, why was that a thing? That didn't have to be a thing. Like, I just, nope. I, and, and the, the, the kid, the grand sky Christmas elf, that didn't have to be a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so <laughs> random. And, and all of the pipeline stuff. I mean, like, while I appreciate a certain level of realism, I think we talked a little bit about this in the first episode. It's just like, we didn't need so much detail about the politics of this situation. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, maybe some people find that interesting or whatever. But like, the, the, whole, the entire like spiel about like, Grant and like his conflict of interest and like the, you know, the lodge's finances. And it's just like, so much that it's like, you could have just made that much simpler. Um, and there was like also Larry Thorwald and also Harry Crane. And it's like, why are there so many people involved in this? Like, we don't need to know about that. You know what I mean? You could have cut 50% yeah. of this book away and it would have been so much more cogent. <laughs> like, it seems like they just put all of the uh, gas pipeline and stuff in there because they're like, Jackie needs a scapegoat. So let's give mm. her someone dependent on. So let's work backwards here. What would he be feeling guilty enough about to get a note and be like, oh, we know what you did. Oh, no, they know what I did. And then just have this scene set up where Joe's in a lot of danger. It was just to heighten that one now, specific scene's drama. I definitely think it was a great scene. Yeah. Not going to lie. The chasing of the chainsaws is like epic. But oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was just so much. It was just so much all at once. And it was like the axe. So much. And, I mean... Okay, like these Nancy Drew diaries go so hard on these villain encounters. Oh, yeah. Because never before. I mean, first of all, the, sh the, the guns, the shooting, the oh, yeah. chasing on the snowmobiles, the avalanche, the like. Crossbow. The crossbow. The crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> The crossbow bolt in the side of the sleigh. Then we have Jackie literally threatening Nancy with an axe. Um, pushing her out of a window. Yeah. Joe's being chased by chainsaws. Also, multiple... Nancy and Chef K have both almost died from, from skiing accidents. Right. The bear, tra the bear traps, Corey. Uh-huh. Like... Candlestick oh, clobbering. Candlestick clobbering like this is so intense it's a lot yeah i just i mean wow like i was not expecting that in like a, a holiday book you know what i mean no i was yeah. not expecting that at all it was just it was just really really intense and like i i don't know i think i think to a certain extent i appreciate it like i think it makes for a fun time but it just, oh, yeah. just doesn't feel like necessary. Like it's, it's like, this is a Nancy Drew book. Like we don't, when I'm reading a Nancy Drew book, I'm not really reading it for the thrills. You know what I mean? Like I read it right. for the cute fun times. 
the yeah. cute fun times and the little mysteries and the tropes and the secret passageways and buried treasure were great but like the chainsaws <laughs> but like the chainsaws Corey, the chainsaws you know it just it just typifies just the way that they decide to do the endings to these nancy drew diaries you know it's which is way extra <laughs> i know <laughs> so what are your thoughts Corey? it's a book about <laughs> the holidays no i mean i feel like we said a lot of it last time i like the hardy mm-hmm. boys in it but the yeah. mystery itself is it's fine yeah it's fine yeah yeah it's, it's not just yeah overwrought and unnecessary yeah like if you're gonna make it be about first of all if you're gonna make it be about the you know hidden treasure let's make it be about the hidden treasure if you're gonna make it be about rear window make it about rear window if you're gonna make it about the shining make it about the shining if you're gonna you know if you want like these high fast chase scenes then do that but 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 maybe just like pull it back you know what i mean it just feels like you just need to pick a direction that it just that this book was like pulled in like 12,000 different directions. And it's right. like, if you want to make it about the oil pipeline thing, make it about the oil pipeline thing. Like we don't need all of these things together in one book, especially considering the length of it is unlike right. the length of any Nancy Drew book ever written before. <laughs> it's like they decided to pull a bunch of different random Nancy Drew tropes out of a hat. And we're like, how can we fit these things together? Right. Did we say that last time? It's no, like, I don't think so. It's like, it's like okay, secret passageways, easy, done. Buried treasure, easy, done. Snow, skiing, easy, done. But then Ignoring it's like... doctor's orders, done. Ten times. Like, okay, environmental controversy. Hmm. Okay, we can do that. Politicians. Okay, we can do that. Five more. Let's go. Chainsaws. <laughs> sleigh rides. Uh, like, you know, like... Axes, guns, it's like sauerkraut for some reason. Sauerkraut, sauerkraut. (laughs) I mean, I also, so when I was making the December puzzle, I was using all of the different, I was putting different little icons to stand for different letters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just trying to come up with all the different icons that we could possibly use um, because there were a lot of letters, you know? Yeah. And I ended up using a little tiny sauerkraut jar. <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> I saw that. I appreciated that. It's so cute. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, oh. it's not a cozy <sighs> mystery that I want no. for the holidays. I want a cozy Christmas mystery with Frank and Joe and Carson and Venton. And yeah. I don't need Ned or Bess or George. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, Bess can come along if she really wants to, but I don't need them. I need Frank yeah. and Nancy. And Carson, that's that's my that's my dream team, you know. Yes, that would have been a better book. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, some of it was nice. We had some marks. I like the snow and the skiing parts of it, and mm. otherwise, meh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I wish I liked it more, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That is overall. I think when you stack it up next to books from other series, is um, it was still more fun ultimately. Like, I wasn't tearing my hair out or anything when I was reading it. I wasn't frustrated. I was just, like, a little bit like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. (laughs) You know? It wasn't wasn't a girl detective. I mean, it was was solid, but... Yeah. What do you think this compares to last year's Nutcracker Ballet Mystery? I liked the Nutcracker Ballet Mystery more. Me too. Yeah. 
I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. And there was good chase scenes in that, and we still had, you know, mm-hmm. it was still we pretty had our heightened drama. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. But it, it was, was just so much more cohesive. Yes, absolutely. It made <laughs> sense why we were racing around in the snow. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to Nancy just decides to. It was also set in River Heights. You yeah, know? that's true. That's true. I think as that was the biggest difference, probably, is the setting. Uh, yeah. And while I perfectly appreciate a snowy ski lodge, we certainly have a history of, you know, solving mysteries and ski lodges for some reason in the Nancy Drew <laughs> universe. I um, I just think that you just added so much on top of it. Like the ski lodge can be its own thing. Like, let's just let yeah. the ski, uh, let's let it be about skiing. Yeah. And if you want to do the restaurant stuff, that makes sense because that's a part of the ski lodge. But like the pipeline stuff. It was just too much, too much. And the tre- buried treasure stuff was just too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but then I guess they run into the situation where it's like, but then it's just another sabotage story. And it's like, yeah, well, it's still just another sabotage story. Yeah. With just a lot a, of these mysteries tons of that different, way. <laughs> yeah. Conflicting information. That's the one critique that I think I have to have for these Nancy Drew diaries at this point is we really can't write another story than sabotage. That's, That's really true. what it seems like. Every single one of the stories has been sabotage. And I'm just tired of it. Like, yeah. can we do a kidnapping? Let's do a kidnapping. Or, you know, uh, a, a burglary or like a heist. Ooh, you know, that'd be that fun. would be yeah. interesting, wouldn't it? Are we, we just picking the wrong like ones? That. Like, <laughs> maybe. Is every third one a, a sabotage? <laughs> and that's what we've been choosing. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, the ghost of Grey Fox Inn is like almost a haunting, but then that just ended up being sabotaged sabotage as well. Wedding. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope, yeah. nope. Yeah, oh, let's wow. get a haunting or a heist. That'd be right. so much better. Oh my than, gosh, a true yeah. haunting. That would be excellent. A true yeah. haunting. Yeah. I mean, not like true as in like there is an actual ghost. Like I want Nancy to be able to solve it. Although I don't mind if there is some ambigu- ambiguity to it. But sure. You know, I mean, like a classic haunting, not a haunting where it's very clear that something else is going on. Like just a ghostly figure is what I want, you know, (laughs) but not the ghost stories. Right, 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 right. Because those are bad. Those are truly bad. So, (laughs) yeah. Alas, alas. So anything else you want to say about this one, Corey? Just a very quick note, um, when we are in the reading room in the library looking around at the shelves, Nancy happens to notice that one of the books is a Tom Swift book, um, which was also a series published by the Syndicate. Yeah. So another kind of, you know, interesting thing with the the Hardy Boys, because if you remember when we were doing the files, was it um, Smile and Say Murder, where they're at the magazine and the the guy has Mm. the Hardy Boys books and they talk about how much they love mysteries and everything. That's interesting how in that universe, the Hardy Boys were just another book series that Nancy was familiar with. And in this, they're real life figures. But Tom Swift is just a book series that Nancy's familiar with. Well, it's weird, too, because in the files also, (laughs) like there are also super mysteries that are like kind of set in the files universe. Right. Well, yeah. So it's like another layer to series (laughs) and Nancy actually knows them in real life. So right. But yeah, so yeah. it makes it interesting. So I, I had to make a note of that when I saw Tom Swift. I was like, yes, yeah. thank you. We love a, a syndicate reference. Awesome. Good, good, good eye. Because I missed that one. Yeah. It was very, very brief. But she's like, what if I pull on this Tom Swift book? And oh, that that did it. That opened the passageway. Awesome. Great. Very cute. <laughs> I, yeah, I really appreciate the, um, the, you know, 
metal metal meta is the word i was trying to say the you know all the layers that they put and the references that they put in these books i think it just makes for a really fun experience when you read it because especially at this point like the series is super established and as like you know that fans are reading it and not everybody's gonna necessarily pick up on that but when they do it's just so like it's just so rewarding to read you know absolutely it's like oh we get it we all get it we're all here together you know yes (laughs) yeah Okay. Putting that in for the fans. Yes. Love it. So flashlight score, Corey. Mm, What would you give it? I think I gave the last one a three. I don't know if I want to do less or just make it also a three. I don't know. I'll say three. I'll say three. That's very generous of you. Um, I mean, I think the highest I could go is two and a half. Okay. That's fair. And and it's so it always gets so hard when you like consider like, well, what else have I ranked as two stars? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, but I can't I don't know. I just at this point, I just it's just not that great. It was fun, I guess. I yeah. Two point seven five. I'll give it two point seven five. That's the highest I'll give it. But that's fair. Yeah. I feel oh, like well. it is fair to give the first half a higher score than the second because by yeah, the second definitely. half you're like Geez, I'm already on a second book basically at this point with the page count that I just let's get this over with. Let's Who done it? it Come on. Wrap come on. it up, y'all. <laughs> Throw Definitely. your habanero powder and let's be on our way. Like, come on. <laughs> also, I was really com- that was one thing I was confused about. Nancy had set up this whole situation for this habanero pepper to fall when somebody walked into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Jackie came in through the secret passageway, but Doc Sherman came in through the front door. Why didn't it fall on Doc Sherman? I think they said that one, he somehow knew to step around or stepped aside so that he didn't have it fall on him. And also, I think that there was some sort of rope situation that Nancy would have had. Oh, to Nancy had to also pull. pull at the same Nancy time. Had to pull. That's probably. I want right. to say that's what it was, and because she was distracted, obviously she didn't even hear him Jackie, come in. Yeah. So yeah, <sighs> that's my guess. But you're right; it didn't track very well because why would? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh well. I just wanted to see some kind of successful payoff for Nancy at the end. Yeah. But it was really just like, you made a horrible plan and everything went wrong as it should have because it was a horrible plan. So, right. Anyway. Anyway, you're yeah, lucky too. that they happened to get the blanket and stretch it out under you so your fall was soft. Oh. I feel like that wouldn't work very well. Like you would mm-hmm. just tear through that blanket, you know? Well, I think even if you do, it's like it still has broken your fall somewhat. So it's Fair like enough. you don't hit the ground as hard. True. Yeah. For the snow, and people I legitimately guess. do that. That's a legitimate way to like okay. save people from like jumping off of buildings and stuff. You're they right. It's better than nothing. That Aww. way. Aww. The cat was up like eight stories or something <gasps> and was like oh, hanging on and slipping. And they stretched out a blanket and caught it. And it was totally Aww. fine. Oh, good. Anyway. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, poor kitty. <laughs> I know. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, next time. Tell, yeah, our next one. Go <laughs> yes. ahead. Next time, we are actually going to be reading the book directly after this, which is one that our uh, patrons voted on, which is going to be Nancy Drew Diaries number 17, Famous Mistakes. Yes. Uh, this is an art museum, Corey, on the cover. It <laughs> is, but... Okay, so I probably need to start back reading it again because I started it a while ago and I only got yeah. half, about halfway through. But it's about like a podcaster and a comedian. Um, 
Well, oh, not sort of. Ned has a podcast in this one. <laughs> of course, of course, Ned is a podcast, bro. As someone who has a podcast, mm-hmm. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course he has a podcast. Ned totally has a podcast. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. So, no, well, the, I hope there's an art museum in it. The town also has... Yeah, if the dog will stop barking. <laughs> the town has built this like arts complex, so they've got a performance space for where the stand-up comedian who Ned is interviewing him for the podcast is going to perform, oh. and then they also have this art museum. So, so far, okay. we haven't spent a lot of time in there as of where I am, have read to as, as of yet, but mm. hopefully we will, because, I mean, it's on the cover. I want a good portion of this to be sneaking around mm-hmm. a dark art museum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. An art well, museum heist crossed. would have been a better story than Ned doing podcast. <laughs> what it, I so he interviews people? I guess. I guess. Because yeah. I get wait, but in this universe, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't work for his dad at the newspaper or whatever, right? I think he does, doesn't he? I thought that was girl detective. I think he does that in this as well. Oh. Oh yeah, the podcast is called Ned Talks. <laughs> man it's like um it's like uh hold on what did they call it in this top oh, chop challenge it, top chop challenge yeah <laughs> ned talks this is also a sabotage case oh well okay. we have some vandalism as well but okay still. well yeah okay okay we'll see well, we'll see we'll see so much for your theory about every third one it's definitely not every third one because this is the right, one right after <laughs> right <laughs> so but who knows? Maybe it'll surprise us. Maybe it'll be really just so excellent. Yes. I'm looking I hope forward so. to it. I'm looking well, forward yes. to it. Join us for that one. Episode 49. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We are close. We are close to episode 50. I know. That's a big milestone. I wonder what we'll do, Corey. Hmm. I don't know. Y'all have to keep your eyes peeled for... And your ears. And your ears for what's next. <laughs> Mostly your ears. Because this is an audio format. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that wasn't a hint. That's not a hint. We're not not doing audio anymore. We're just. <laughs> anyway. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you, regular Jews. <laughs> bye. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.